Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech on Black Hollywood Live. Today, Obama's tweet breaks records. People distance themselves from Trump and Netflix fights to keep Star Wars. Let's go. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Live's Geek Nerd Tech. Didn't I tell you we was going to make it to the top, nigga? Didn't I? Didn't I? Didn't I? Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech, the show we break down tech news, nerd culture from a black and brown geek perspective. My name is Joe Braswell. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by the brother on my left, Achilles Shine. Achilles Shine, man. Yes, sir. The building. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Living life. Good. Loving life. Living it. Doing good. the whole thing, man. Good, good. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. Uh, I still, as everyone else uh, in the country, I'm, I'm trying to just really temper my, my rage. I'm, I go back and forth from rage to anger to, to disgust on, over, over just the whole, you know, and, but not surprise, uh, over the whole, uh, you know, uh, South Carolina, um, Virginia, Trump situation. It is Charlotte, Charlottesville. It is, uh, it's killing me, but, um. You know, I digress. I, I was talking to someone about this earlier today. Like, you know, it's a level of watching stuff live in real time. And then you go to the second layer of like reading stories because you read like what in depth people, you know, people say in depth analysis. And then it's just, and then by the time you get through that and then get to podcasts and like more television analysis, it's just like, um, that's too much. I need to censor myself. I don't know how you're doing. What do you think? Well, I mean, I definitely think it's unsettling. Like you said, it's not surprising. Um, I mean, I think I think for a lot of people, the the imagining of a, a, a newer America because of Obama and you know, I mean, I think that argument is clearly out the window. Um, a post racial society, yeah, no post racial society. However, I mean, I think it just it's reflective of kind of where we've been. And when you look at the BLM and you look at other activist groups that have trying to been trying to be vocal about what's been happening, I mean. It's good to have some of this kind of dialogue, you know, be presented to the people. So I, I kind of appreciate it. I kind of appreciate that we have the 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 new cycle covering this and the analysis and the conversation because it offers it offers people that are sleeping under a rock. Hey, like this is what's really going on. That's that's so. a great point because I really feel like there's a lot of people uh, in this country who still have a conversation like, oh, that's still a thing. Exactly. Oh, they still mad. Or oh, KKK is still around, or black folks are still getting you know you know shot. Yep. Like it, it's, it shocks me how many people are still living in that world. So yep. it, it's to that to that degree. I mean, this does make sense. Yeah, you know. Uh, but there's a lot there's a lot of things a lot of intersections of what we talk about here with the events in Charlottesville. Um, well, the first thing I like to talk about is uh, President Obama, who's been who's been. You know, very uncharacteristically low profile during the entire Trump, you know, first 200 days. I think obviously purposely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he's laying low. It's vacation. He's writing a book. And plus, like, I mean, frankly, the one thing that galvanizes the right more than anything <clears throat> is Barack Obama. Yeah. You know, and so he says a word, a peep. And the right will be able to just, you know, all unite behind what, you know, getting, getting behind whatever he said. So he's been very strategic. He did do a very limited and very strategic and very poignant tweet and about you know t- clearly about the events in Charlottesville uh is showing him uh, with uh, four young children of all races in a window and he just simply said you know no, you know, no one is born hating another person because of the color of his skin background or religion it is the most liked tweet 
in history with 3.5 million likes, and it's dope. Yeah, and and, 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 and over fifty five thousand comments, and uh, one point three million retweets, and yeah, that that just shows you where he's at versus our president. Absolutely, I mean, I think it speaks to the power of imagery, power of quoting. You know, Nelson Mandela is such a, a iconic figure in history, and dealing with you know race relations and, and human rights, like what he represented, to be able to quote him, I think it was appropriate and kind yep. of. And kind of was a great juxtaposition to what Trump's comment was as it related to what happened in Charlottesville. So the fact that it now is the number one tweet and in the top five for t- number one tweet that's been liked and in the top five for being retweeted, I think it just shows his power. It shows his influence. And I mean, it's like day and night comparison to, you know, Trump and, and Obama and what they stand for as men and clearly where their value is aligned, you know. But yeah. I, I love the fact that he was vocal. Um, and uh, to your point, I mean, I think he has to play the, the line a little bit, not being too political um, now that he's out, the, out, out of the White House. But I think him doing this, very powerful statement. Well, so. he, he says he's going he's gonna to be back. I mean, he, one of his number one things once he gets back is to really help the Democratic Party, help with this gerrymandering situation, help with, you know, getting people registered, help with getting, like, you know, people voting <laughs> in the right places and, like, and, 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 and the, you know, the voter fraud the anti-voter fraud people, but like you said, him using Nelson Mandela's quote is is brilliant because it doesn't allow people to say Obama's weighing in and he thinks he's still the president or he thinks he nope nope just 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 a quote a quote from Nelson Mandela on my Twitter feed and it's very simple with with a very simple image so I dare you to say something about it I know I know you want to Trump I know you want to right wing but what are you gonna say mm-hmm. you know other than that that's gonna make you look worse than you already do so I'm very 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 smart and also it's what a leader does too exactly. you know like he 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 did with one tweet what Trump has not managed to do even you know a little bit so yeah I mean his his my last one on that that's a great point his influence just with the tweet. Um, is way more powerful than what you know Trump is doing with all the cameras and the and the power media machine behind right. him. Like he could have, you know, galvanized the nation. He could have brought together the nation by, and that's what typically presidents are supposed to do. They're supposed to be, kind of have so, sort of like a, a minister element to, to their leadership. And he he did not do that. He brought more spite and anger, <clears throat> and bigotry to you know what happened in those events versus healing and warmth and love. So, I think. Um, I think this also speaks to the power of social media. So, right, yeah, I agree. <clears throat> I agree. Uh, so, moving forward, so uh, you know, the 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 neo Nazi site, the Daily Stormer, which is, I mean, I don't know, it's already uh, has got a lot of flack from. Well, GoDaddy's got a lot of flack for hosting the the Daily Stormer, and so finally, you know, and, and first of all, I love that people are really coming out in all different ways to sort of combat, you know, the, these things and try to figure out, like, who these people are, sort of, you know, publicly shaming them, uh, you're racist, uh, finding out, you know, who's hosting these sites. It's not just, you know, the, that they exist. They have to exist in the infrastructure that we all live in, which means people have to allow them to exist. So I like this, this approach, but GoDaddy uh, hosted, a, hosted a site. And so people brought that to GoDaddy's attention. GoDaddy, GoDaddy did the right thing and, and booted the Daily Stormer. And then uh, Google, they went to, they promptly went to Google, and Google booted them. And um, I think it's great. 
I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's great too. And a lot of people, you know, will will discuss the other side of it being, you know, a form of censorship and blocking someone's First Amendment rights to be able to be vocal and expressive or whatever they want. But I think that you have to take a stand. And when you sign up for a social media account or you have a you know, a domain account, like there are terms and conditions. And so in those terms and conditions, there are things that you can't do. And so in breach of that, I think it gave them the right um, authority to be able to do that. However, I think that, you know, I already know that they're on the dark web now. And I think that gives them a little bit more power because now no one can censor them. No one can take them off because there's no regulatory forces on the dark web like there are, you know, in the the web that we all, all are accustomed to. So, I think that, you know, the alt-right and this 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 blog will be able to, you know, probably raise more attention now and, and be able to do it even more um, disrespectfully and hatefully than they were before. So, Yeah, it's true. And I want to make one thing clear, too. I mean, people who think this is sort of like unconstitutional, what I'm saying, this is taking away their free speech. This isn't, they, they weren't booted just for being a well, white supremacist white, uh, you know, website. They were booted for the specific things that they said. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, they, they were very, you know, they said, uh, you know, the, um, the, about uh, the young woman who 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 was murdered, uh, that it, she died in a road rage incident, mm-hmm. and her she's a drain of society, and that most people are glad she's dead. Uh, that'll get you booted. That's not mm-hmm. you know from everywhere. It should get you booted from everywhere. So I just want to make that point clear. Um, anyway, I agree with everything you said, of course. Um, separately, this is you know. Uh, Trump administration is this is a story about them demanding data of over a million visitors to an anti-Trump website, like under the guise of. Uh, I mean, look, <laughs> there's a lot of things. This is this is a, a part of this continuing effort. It's just like the thing that happened with, uh, you know, Trump's uh, anti-vote, his voter fraud commission. He appointed that guy to get to the bottom of the three million illegal voters. So to do that, he's going to go and find any the governors to give me all the information and social security numbers of everyone, so mm-hmm. I can make sure that everyone is is, is voting legally. And now uh, an anti-Trump site. <laughs> Because it may or may not be a danger to the They want all the information. Like this is this is on some totalitarian, like you know, bully shit right here. I don't know. Absolutely. Not only not only just the fact that he wants information of who's been on the site, but he wants their name. He wants their whatever other metadata was involved in signing up for the site, their photo, what pages they clicked on in the site. He wants specifics of how, what traffic, you know, each person, you know, contributed to on the site, like, and how that could be further used in the future. Like, that's, that's, that's a terrible thing that he's in, using his presidential power to be able to do that. And I think it's, it's only going to open up another firestorm for him. So, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's something else. And, and also like, you know, he has his, you know, Trump has many uh, advisory councils. He has his manufacturing advisory council, his tech advisory council, economic and economic council. council. And thankfully, people are leaving, leaving mm-hmm. as they should. I mean, frankly, and I'll say this again: this was said before. If you're a CEO today and you are sitting on one of Trump's advisory committees and you're a CEO, like you need to. I mean, I don't know what to say about you. you. Need to be gone. I don't care if it's Pepsi. I don't care who you are, what you're doing, Walmart. Uh, we know about my man from Merkel. Uh, who 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 left and he immediately said like you know mm-hmm. trashed him immediately um, and uh, well you know Walmart um, Merrick I'm sorry Merkel Merrick uh, Merkel's the uh, Mer- Merrick Pharma uh, he uh, immediately criticized a bunch of other people but now people are leaving the, the CEO of Intel's out mm-hmm. uh, you 3M know, uh, 3M others uh, you know uh, 
and so yeah, I don't know. And De- De- only only Michael Dell and Dell is left as the only tech company left. What's Michael Dell doing? Well, yeah, I mean, you have two committees. You have the economic committee, and what which Elon Musk was a part of, which he dipped out um, a few months ago. And then you have the manufacturing committee. And I read that even the committee has never met one time. Sure. So there's ne- never been a meeting of the minds. There's never been any type of conversation about how you know American companies could create more jobs and be more innovative. It's just all for show. And it's all it's all created to figure out a way to deregulate stuff. So yeah. I feel like you're right. For the for the CEO, for the company that stays on the committee, their argument is, well, I'd rather be at the table to be able to vocalize, you know, the, the wishes and wants of my company and, and my employees so that, you know, our company can be successful. I'd rather be in a position to have the dialogue than not to be in a position position and have any dialogue. So I don't know if I agree with that argument because when you are aligned with someone that clearly is racist, a bigot, and doesn't have the best interests of American people, it's like, what does that say about you as the head of the company? And what does that say about you as, what does that say about your company? And so should we as consumers participate in your products? I don't think so. So like for instance, Walmart is still on there. Yeah. Like, what does that say about that yeah, guy? And, and Walmart is actually being vocal about the situation. He's being vocal, but that's not enough. It's just like all these folks who are like, you know, like all the Ted, uh, you know, Marco Rubio, who was doing all that tough talk and all these Republicans that were doing all this tough talk after the whole sexual assault thing, after the whole Access Hollywood tape. Like, I have daughters. This is ridiculous. Like, this guy's horrible. And then they all fell in line and, and, and voted for him to get their, you know, tax cuts and whatever else repeal Obamacare. Now we will see. Everyone's talking tough. Rubio's back. Rubio had a whole blog screed. Even, even punk ass Paul Ryan, who who didn't go as far as mention a president by name, but he did say, "Oh, racism has no place in our society." Thank, thanks, Paul Ryan. That's right. Really brave of you. Exactly. But like, uh, you know, still nothing from Mitch McConnell. Nothing. No tweets. No nothing. So, but there's a lot of people who are speaking out. But the question is, will they be able to do something? Whether the tweet or a statement is not brave. Like they can all stand up, but then when it comes to voting, they all line up and vote right along with him, or still support him, or still get on board to get their tax cuts. Yeah, like that's that's and and, and Walmart's the same. It's, it's it's reprehensible. So out of the you know, question for you out of the Fortune 500, um, I, there's not too many black CEOs. Yeah. So obviously, my man was one of the yeah. one of the, the, the uh, only the first and only yeah um, black CEO on the on the council. Yeah, like being that he left because of. Because of this, what happened in, in in Virginia? What does that what does that statement make? When I mean, when Trump, like he first he endorses him, and then once he leaves, he fires back. He tweets. You don't, you don't know about he this? Claps oh, yeah. He claps back yeah. immediately, oh, yeah. but immediately. he can't he can't tweet about denouncing not white 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 nationalists and white supremacists. But he could tweet about this black CEO saying that I won't be a part of your council. This this is this is what Trump does. This is so funny. Like he he is when you when you cross him, he gets back with like like really accurate specificity he like that green shirt you wore on tuesday was terrible like he will get like specific as hell but on this he's very oh many sides many sides it's like i don't want to hear it like one, one person went as far as to say i think it was uh his uh it wasn't sessions but someone one of those guys went as far as to say that like oh trump didn't mention the white supremacists because he wanted to dignify them by mentioning them by name like all this stuff and then of course that was all race when he came back into the press conference yesterday where he just went like unhinged on all stuff talking about george washington had slaves wait you rid of him too like as if george washington and robert lee are even remotely the same you know like in, in that in that in that way i mean in what way 
Well, I'm it, sorry, but we no, don't have to get into that. But no, no, I'm they not. Are, I, they are kind no, of no. What, what I'm saying is, what, what I'm saying is, look, we we we, we can make the argument versus Tom Jefferson, you know, and and and, uh, and George Washington. I'm not making the argument that those are the best guys in the world. Right. What I am saying is to make a comparison between George Washington and Robert E. Lee. Robert E. Lee was literally it, 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 it was it was a uh, was a was a traitor against the country who led a, who led a basically rebellion against the country to dismantle the union as we know it right. in, in, in the name of all things that we say we hold dear including like the enslavement of Africans and when they were not African Americans you know and so that's different so it's a little different you know and again I'm not making the argument that hey they're all great but I'm just saying like historically I'm making I'm making his argument that you those are apples and oranges historically and you know you and and, and so you know, I don't know. I mean, to, to me, the, the reasons why you're taking down his statue are not the reason. If you want to make a separate case of why you should take down George Washington's statue, that's just we're going to make that case. But don't make the case of like George Washington and Robert E. Lee are the same. I mean, and, and why are you up? Why why are you up on the stage behind a mic justifying this? Like false the, equivalency all the time. Exactly. The bottom line is that you need to denounce what happened. Yeah. You need to be vocal about what happened and unify the country. And you clearly aren't denouncing it because you align with it. Yeah. So. And I, I mean, I'm I'm glad that he's clear with that. I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad that we see it. I'm yeah, glad that people are aware. Exactly. Yeah. And and the last thing I'll say is that I just I, the, the the whole false. I made the mistake of turning on uh, Fox News and Hannity as I handed Newt Gingrich on last night, and they were like really going in. I was really. Uh, it was like another planet, frankly. But like all of this false equivalency of this new whatever the alt left they think the alt left is. That's a phrase that doesn't exist. It doesn't make any damn sense. But the whole false equating like uh, you know BL and Black Lives Matter with with Nazis and KKK. Hey, we got we got the KKK. You guys got Black Lives Matter. Both it's sides. all the same. Both sides. Both sides. Both sides. Like, that is that is ridiculous. Black Lives Matter is is. Have you ever seen any BLM member ram their car in front of a in front of a crowd? I don't believe you have. It's 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 a three. It's a three-word mission statement. Black Lives Matter. That's, That's it. it. Right. That's it. That's the whole rap. Black Lives Matter. Just want you to know, we, we're here to say Black Lives Matter. That's it. Right. That's a firestorm. Right. And it got to controversy. Like that, that, that to me is like, you know, that, that's, it's, I can't, the fact, the can't fact that. That's my last note. The fact that Trump could be vocal about Kaepernick, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Not exactly. standing yes. for the national anthem, but he can't be vocal about the about the, the KKK or yeah. white nationalism. It's just the, the well, irony well, of it all, man. It's just crazy. And, and more and, just, and, just, and, just, and more over, just like because we're into this, but like just more over, like for him to go in and go as far as to say, "Hey, man, look, uh, the the day okay, the, the other day, people got there's some bad people out there, but the first day, they're just." There's just normal people out there. It's just they weren't all white supremacists. People were just peacefully protesting. You know, just it, it, it's a statue. I, I like I like to know the facts first, bro. I like to know yeah, the facts first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first time he's ever uttered that in my life, and like you don't unlike you, I like to know the facts. Yeah, you fake news. What do you got over there? Like, like he he gets uh, I was having a conversation today about this. Like he gets really swaggy up in there in Trump Tower. Tower. Oh, in, he in, does. In he the does. White House, he was kind of like I don't know, but in Trump Tower, he gets he's like, like nah, swaggy. You're in my yeah. <laughs> He's like, he was like pop collar, like hey, fake news. Hey, like man. yeah, he's really I don't know feeling himself. It all swing back, man. It always swings back. Anyway. It's gonna swing back for him. 
Well, um, in a major way. In a major way. All right, let's let's move on from this entire topic entirely. Let's just get off of it entirely because I want to talk a little bit about uh, Movie Pass, which is something that Netflix co-founder Mitch Lowe, who's been kind of like you know, it's all talk about read, read, read Hastings and Netflix is blowing up, and everybody forgot about my boy Mitch Lowe, who's just lying in the cut, but he came back. He has a new startup called Movie Pass, and the idea is he wants you to pay nine ninety five a month, and you can see any movie. Any day in the U.S. of A. for nine ninety five. Yeah, a month, one, one movie a day. I think it's awesome. Um, great, I love it. Great concept, but I think it's 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 not uh, as fluid as we think it is. And I think you know, ninety percent of the movie theaters that or that distribute movies are on board, but I don't think they figured out a way to like really monetize it. There's only twenty thousand subscribers. Um, but I think in concept is dope. Like I, I mean, you got to think that most people aren't going to go to the movies more than once a nope. month. So I mean, the upside could be great. Um, and Marissa says she has it. So what oh, do you think? What do you think what about do you it, like, Marissa? Do you like it? I like it, but there are some caveats. It's it's actually very affordable for you know the movie lovers, the people who are in the industry who have to see movies on a regular basis. Yep. But some of the caveats are that you have to actually physically be within a one hundred feet, right? Whatever movie theater you go to, you check in on your online app or whatever mobile app you're using for Movie Pass. You have to physically be in the area before you can even buy your ticket. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, and then there are some movie chains that carry it and some that don't. Right. AMC is, is pretty good at carrying it. Some Cinemarks, um, but there are like, but our flight, which is also big in LA, doesn't carry it. So it depends on what movie theater chain. Uh, uh, like actually allow and are eligible for this pass. So some caveats there. Huh. But it is affordable in price range. I mean, yeah, because if you see, look, you know, I, I, I know I see at least a couple of movies, at least a minimum of two movies a month. So it would in theory pay for itself. But the fact that you can't do IMAX or 3D, come a bus during the summer, but, you know. Yeah, well, you're talking about 10 bucks a month. I mean, hey, if you want to go see that movie in 3D, cough up the money and go yeah. see it in 3D. And also, but the fact that I gotta, I gotta run I'm, the timing. I gotta run like a hundred feet to the theater, to, and I'm, I might. Yeah, that the timing's sucks. off. Like who knows? But we'll see. We'll Concept see. is dope, though. I think it just needs to be a little bit more fine tuned, and yep. I mean more marketing behind it. But I love the fact that you know we talk about you know binge watching and Netflix and you know this subscription model. That Netflix has really, you know, brought forth to the world. I think you've seen it in other other arenas, and I think that's dope. Like, let's figure out a better way of managing how how we interface with certain products and services. And uh, like, going to the movies is cool. Like, I don't go to the movies more than once a month. So, like, for this for me would be perfect. Yeah, ten bucks. I I need that for my uh, trips to a massage parlor. Oh wow! I mean, (laughs) I mean, actual massages. Holy (laughs) smokes. Holy smokes. You know, a concept that does work well is is Dice. Dice is a leading technology career hub uh, center. What it is, it's a, it's a place where you as an individual can, it helps you be able to match your job skills with the job skills that are out there in the world right now. So what it does is, you know, it's a lot, oftentimes you look, you're looking for a job, you don't know if your skill sets are in your resume match what's out there in the world. Well, Dice helps you look at those skills and tell you what's out there, um, helps you with your career paths, helps you find salaries, helps you determine what you're, what, you're, what, what you're paying, what you're worth, if you're being paid enough, if you should be paid more. It's really great. 
But also, it's a good resource for jobs. They have over 70,000 tech jobs, all ranging from software development to user experience to project management, everywhere. And also, there's a great tool for you to be able to find out about the industry, what's happening, what's going on, see how you stack up. It's a wonderful resource and a great place. Uh, it's Dice. You should check it out over at dice.com slash can you hack it. Dice.com, can you hack it, as in hacking your career? You can hack your career with Dice. That's, that's, what, that's what it is. Uh, Netflix is is actually still trying to hack this uh this Disney Disney exit by trying to keep Star Wars and Marvel movies like which is really the bread and butter. I mean it's one thing to be able to have all the Disney animation titles and all the old Disney touchstone movies and the Disney movies but really you kind of just want to keep the Marvel and Star Wars joints on Netflix and they're they're, they're fighting to do that. I don't know if they're going to be successful but I mean what what, what what do you think of this? I mean I, I think a number of things about it. I think I mean we kind of covered this last week. Yep. But obviously, you know, Iger and Disney, they're trying to, you know, create their own platform for, you know, obviously ESPN and, and their Disney, um, you know, children, family movies. And so I think the fact that the, the Marvel equation with Netflix is more of like an edgier, darker situation, I think that kind of goes against the, the Disney brand. So I don't think that Disney would include that in their streaming service. So I think that there might be some type of renegotiation after 2019 or some way to figure out how to keep those properties on Netflix, especially with the Defenders about to drop. Yeah. And I mean, people already are fans of, you know, all the other ones that have come before that. And I think, man, like, there has to be some type of uh, agreement made to to continue that, you know, IP on on the Netflix platform. So I think that... I don't. I don't think that it's a final situation. I think that you know Disney doing that is is great, and I think they're going to make a lot of money with that. But I still think they're going to have some type of um, outward distribution with some of their properties, and maybe it's a renegotiation, maybe it's a, a different way it's looked at. But I don't think that it's going to be gone from Netflix. Yeah, and I wonder like how they're going to brand. Well, yeah, there's a lot a lot of things unpacked there. I think you're you're absolutely right. Those those Marvel properties on Netflix are feel very much like Netflix properties, even though they they do exist in the same universe as the Avengers and other stuff like that. They feel very, you know, I mean, Daredevil and Luke Cage and Iron Fist and Jessica Jones feel mm-hmm. very much like they're of Netflix. And I'm really excited about The Defenders and we'll see how that plays out. But like, yeah, these are, these are shows that, um, you know, that, 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 that are, that are grimy and yeah. violent. Yeah. And so, so it, it makes you wonder about how Disney is going to brand this new streaming service. Is yeah. it going to be brand like with the, with the Disney script mm-hmm. with a little, you know, like the, the Walt Disney signature, yeah. because, you know, do you want to see, you know, Jessica Jones, you know, having sex next, with Luke Cage on the Disney Cinderella? logo next to Cinderella? No, no. you know, so, and then Disney does have some titles that are, you know, under, under the Disney, other, other properties in the Marvel and other things. So will they, will they, will it be called North star or something like that? You know, by, Disney will they will they separate out Marvel and separate out the carton the cartoon stuff and the freeform stuff and the ABC stuff? We already know they're going to separate out ESPN, mm-hmm. so maybe they have a strategy to sort of separate some of these other brands out. But it's really interesting to see how far Disney will go in diluting some of this stuff when the power of it is having it all in one place. And I think too with Netflix, I mean the, their goal is to have you know already they have over 104 million subscribers. They're trying to have over 50 percent of the content that's on the platform original programming. Clearly, they're not there. But the fact that they are 20 billion dollars in debt, you know, they put up seven billion this year alone to, to help produce more original programming. They they had they, and they just bought the I forgot the name, but they just bought the new. They bought the comic book. I forgot the name. Yeah, but anyway, they're trying so, to create. Yeah. They're trying to create their own on IP. Uh, on IP as it relates to like comic books and creating their own cinematic universe yeah. on Netflix. So I think they're well positioned to be able to say, okay, cool, Disney, take take all the Marvel properties. We have our own. And so I think 
out of all the things that Netflix is doing in the space of comedy and anime, I mean, and the, and the list goes on. I think to have you know comic books as as a flagship thing that people go to Netflix for that they actually own 100% flat out, I think is the move, and I think that's what they're angling to do. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's really interesting. It's really really uh, it's something interesting to watch and see how this plays out. Uh, let's see how other companies like Amazon react. And speaking of Amazon, uh, you know the Solar Eclipse is coming up. I think it's Friday, right? Yeah. Uh, are, are you gonna check it out? Think, we're not in the zone. No, we can go to Griffith Park and check it out, right? I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought we weren't in the zone. I thought it was like, we're not going to be able to see it as dynamically as, as people that are in the, the path of how the sun is setting or how the sun is moving. That that probably is correct. But I think if you go up to Griffith Park, you can see something. They got the telescope set up. They got the glasses ready to go. But uh, so it might be worth a hike up there because you can't drive up there. But anyway, Amazon has got... Don't look at the screen. No, right. <laughs> but Amazon has got a... So, uh, problems. They're they're selling some glasses that aren't obviously, obviously aren't manufactured by Amazon. Nothing is, but it's some glasses that are potentially dangerous. So they're recalling them. And there's a lot of these stories out there. People are really just capitalizing, selling some like, <laughs> yeah, let me get some Seven uh, Eleven glasses. Yeah, the solar, solar yeah, <laughs> protected. And, and, they, and they will actually really, really blind some people. So uh, yeah, you watch out for those. Man, that's crazy. I mean, hey, but I, I love the fact that you know, even though it makes them look a little, a little. It makes them look bad a little bit. I still I still appreciate them. I mean, they kind of have to. But, you know, being vocal about it and telling people, like, hey, like, don't mess with these glasses. Like, we have a different pair for you or whatever. But yeah. I haven't really seen Amazon slip like this before. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah, their vetting process. But exactly. it's quick. It's quick. It's quick. Uh, so this is my favorite story of the week. Because uh, this is something that, you know, you want to get into. But let me tell you something, brother. The next Apple Watch could be the first must-have Apple Watch. Good luck with that. It's coming out. The, the, the Mashables, Mashables on, on on record by saying this is the one to have. No, thank you. It's got it's got a new. It's got it, man. It's got connectivity everywhere. It's got the LTE situation in it. Awesome. It's got it's got a fresh new look. It's got the new micro LED screen technology. It's brighter. It's a cool new setup. It's got a new. It's got a new fresh band. Like, you ready? Let's go. Man, Apple I, Watch. I do not share your excitement. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I mean, okay, well, we, we, you can see that it could be the new iOS 4, Apple Watch, all that stuff. Do you can see that it, it, it's dope and it could be it could be something that's great? Um, just something you're not interested in? Or you think it's just whack? I mean, I wouldn't say it's whack. I would say it's whack if it was if the price point was way too high. Right. So, I mean, the fact that you okay, so you can use the watch without your phone—that's the biggest. That's the selling thing that you're giving me. That's the selling point. Well, you can use it without your phone. Well, you don't. You don't have to have an iPhone now. You can just have the watch by itself. Well, it took oh, four, wow! Oh, it took four generations. Wow. Oh, it took four generations. But yeah. In fact, you know, we're gonna we're gonna not just release the one that has LTE, but we're gonna release another. You know. Apple Watch that doesn't. Woo! That's all right. So hey, you, you can still use it with your phone. You got a choice. Like, dog, like, come on, man. I'm sorry. That's not a. That's not a big, big enough thing for me personally. I right. mean, if the price point is affordable, then I can see it being, you know, a, a great thing. But if it's like 500 bucks, no, thank you. Yeah, get out I mean, of here. I, and I don't, I don't. I don't. None of us in the whole planet know a scenario where we're gonna like walk around without our phone. Exactly, but I mean, maybe we don't care. Big phone. I don't around. need a phone. That's yeah. that's what the sell is. I don't even need a phone now. I just have my iWatch. Yeah. <laughs> okay. My Apple Watch. Oh, yeah. Good luck that's, with that. That's, that's, it's the future. If you want to stay in the past, bro, it's cool with me. Hey man. I'll be, hey, I'll, man. I'll, be I'll be I'll be up in the future. I will say though. I mean, and a, a lot of people have argued this. Some people will say that are in the sports industry or in the fitness industry that it's a great 
product. Others will say it sucks. It doesn't really yeah. track right. Yeah. So like beyond that, those capabilities, like what is it really offering that I could read my text message? I could answer the phone on my wrist. Active, I could see a photo on my if wrist. You're, like if you're mountain climbing, if you're active, if you're doing stuff, if you're out in the world. If you're on the side of a mountain, you want to fumble and find your phone and drop your phone down the mountain. Come on, Akili. <laughs> Man. <laughs> That's really inventive. I'm just saying. What if you're mountain climbing? It's really inventive. <laughs> what are you going to do? You have a phone and a watch? Exactly. Anyway. All right. Uh, <laughs> Teach us all, man. Teach us all. Um, Facebook, Apple, and other, and, and, uh, and other companies are asking the Supreme Court to block warrantless cell phone tracking. Uh, this is a story that seems like a no-brainer. Uh, in, in, like, in the age of Trump and the Trump administration, like the, 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 the need to know who's what, where, at all times, yeah. Uh, but also that you know, Apple and Facebook. I mean, Facebook has a lot, a lot, a lot of metadata, and if the government can use that to track you, I don't know. That's bad news. Yeah, you gotta have a warrant for that. Like, you yeah. can't just have that just off GP. Yep. Like, no. Like, if if you if you you think someone is doing some criminal activity, get a warrant for it, just like you would for anything else. Like, don't just just don't think you could pull me over and take my phone and be like, oh, you were at these spots. Right. Oh, someone! We found a gun at one of these spots. It must right. have been you. Yeah. No, yeah. nobody. Yeah. Um, I want to. Uh, I, I agree with all that. I, I want to transition into talking about um, my man Stan Lee because I, I like the story a lot. Because Stan Lee did, did his own little tweet. He just he just retweeted and posted a an op ed, if you will, that that he wrote. Uh, in one of his comic books in 1968, he used to have a thing, a little thing called Stan Soapbox. It was like a little editorial. And he wrote the thing in 1968. I'll just read the first sentence. Uh, it's, it's a whole thing. It's really great. But it just says, let's lay it right on the line. Bigotry and racism are, are among the deadliest social ills plaguing the world today. You know, and, But unlike a team of costume supervillains, they can't be halted with a punch <laughs> in the snoot or a zap from a ray gun. Get up, saying. I love it. So, and, and he goes on to talk about racism. This is 1968. He just retweeted that. He just says, "As true as it was in 1968." And yeah, it, well, the real Stan Lee. If this is on the real, I, I like. I like this guy. I like it too, man. I, I mean, I think you know, we flash forward 50 years, almost 2018. I mean, his statement is kind of prophetic. His statement is like very insightful. I mean, but and then we can also say what we faced in the 60s is kind of what we're facing now. So the times really haven't changed, but I love the fact that someone as high profile as him and that that means so much in popular culture is vocal enough to be like, "Hey, hey, we got to wake up. We got to be smarter. We got to right. be better." And I appreciate him for doing that. I think it's great. Right. Good. Good. Um I uh I agree with all that. I love I love, I love uh Stan. I love that people are finding different ways to suddenly like like Obama using an Osman Dulles quote, Stan using his own words. I like people that are finding different ways to sort of comment on the situation today. Right. I think it's really great. Um, in other news, Daniel Craig said he's coming back for one more James Bond. Makes you wonder, was it all just a was it all a negotiation? All of it's like I ain't coming back. I Add ain't another doing zero, it. man. Add another I zero. I, I mean, I'm done with Bond. Go give it to someone else. Go find Idris, whatever. All this was all, this was all negotiations. As little as as soon as last week they asked him about it, he was like, "It's not a I don't know. It's not a done deal. You never know." They added another zero, man. I'm trying to tell you. Now he's like, "Huh, James Bond? I love the guy. Of course, I was going to do it. You know. So what do you what do you think of that? I mean, uh, he says that when he was making those comments, it was two days after he had just start, finished, you know, the last movie. Right. Um, and so, I mean, I feel. He, 
but it's still a slip up on his part. Either way, it's not being you know a good business person, and it's just kind of being like really emotional. You got to be more strategic in how you deal with the media, and especially how you deal with. A, a partnership that you have with someone. Right. So, I mean, I love him in the role, though. I love him in the movies. I, I, I'm excited that they're doing another one with him. I would have loved to see Idris. Obviously, we covered that story and what happened with that. But, hey, you know, Bond, Bond is a great franchise. And, yeah, I mean, I hope that this one is going to be, you know, it, like explosive, and like a, an, an enormous blockbuster. So, I agree. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, I wonder if I was if I was a producer, if I was a producer of films, if I was a creative, which which I made, which I am. But like, uh, who's to say? Why, why don't they just do what like what like what like uh, Seth MacFarlane did? And he cre he like Star Trek. He he could be Star Trek. He created the Orville. Orville. Yeah. Why don't they just figure out a way to make either some sort of like super spy? He's already Luther, but he should make some sort of like super super spy situation and have his own franchise. Hmm. Maybe what, maybe what add, maybe add Boyega. Would it be as potent though? Oh no. Hmm. I mean, has 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 James Bond ever ever has James Bond as a franchise ever been on TV though? Like as a TV series? That's a good question. I don't think so. So maybe that's know. why. Anyway, maybe we'll maybe it's just for the movies. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, all right. Um, uh, there was a there was a uh, this is a quick story. There's a bot that defeated one of the world's best video gamers. This is really no shock to me. I don't know why it's such a shock. Uh, AI. Are you I, serious? I don't know. It's a huge shock. I, I can never beat AI on on, on, on on Halo or some of these other games. But the A you put that joint all the way up to like like deadly, whatever the, 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 the highest setting is, I get served every time. So I don't know. But you're not a professional gamer either. Okay. I mean I'm just saying, out, like no out, no bro. shade, no shade. <laughs> but I think this is huge because you gotta think the bot the bot didn't get any special upgrade or any special knowledge of how to play the game. It like literally learned it from learned scratch. It from scratch, right, right. And over time, it got it learned it by playing itself. Yeah. Over time, it got so good that it's killing the, it's beating out the best people in the world that play this game. I think that's huge. That's and it, it, exactly, and that's to like Elon Musk's point. Like we have to be careful with the AI Elon because Musk once it like, learns all this stuff out, outsmarts us like then what, what do we do you know what i'm saying yeah it's just a game but what happens if you apply that same technology to something else and how long did that take from like what is this thing right oh it's a video game to like oh, i'm serving the whole humanity exactly <laughs> now what's next exactly what you got next missiles right <laughs> you know like that's scary exactly that, that that is very scary so uh yeah should regulate ai to keep the public safe um <laughs> you absolutely should i don't know this is this is real uh, what he said about it is, you know, open AI uh, first ever defeat the world's best players in competitive uh, esports. Vastly more complex than traditional board games like chess and Go. Like that's said before, it was like chess and Go. That's just one thing, but these are like super complex video games, and they, they just cracked it. Right. I mean, it's not the first time we've seen this. Like we we talked about Watson beating um, the, yeah. the, the top guys in Jeopardy. Yeah. Like so. I mean, we have to. We definitely have to be careful with this type of stuff because who knows if that could be hacked and reprogrammed for another purpose. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, last but not least, uh, Affleck. You know, Justice League's coming coming very soon with Christmas, and Ben Affleck it says he, he promises this Batman will be a more traditional Batman, more of the Batman you're used to seeing. It's uh, you know more more of the, the Cape Crusader that you that people you know kind of know. He said that the Batman versus Superman diverted a little bit from, from traditional Batman because he was like more rage oriented. He was like more revenge oriented, you know. And this is going to be get back you know more along the lines of like the, the traditional detective, the thoughtful like dude. So uh, I don't know. I, I, I like it. Yeah. Fine. I mean, great. 
I'm, right. I'm, I'm excited about, you know, the new movies. And, hey, man, I'm a fan of him and, as Batman. I think he did a great job in Batman versus Superman. So I'm, I, I like to see like how, how, you know, how it manifests itself in these new movies. It's, yep. I think it'll be dope. Yep, I agree. Uh, I mean, that's, that's it. That's all I got. Anything else you want to add? Anything else? Anything no, looking man, forward to no, seeing man. or... Um, sure, man. What else is on the horizon? Hmm. Uh, Kingsman. Huh. You care about that? You out on Kingsman? Yeah, I mean, I'm not running to the theater for that one. I okay. mean, but I wouldn't say, I mean, I, this is the second one, right? Yep. Yeah, I wouldn't say the first one was bad. It was, it was dope. I'm yeah. not, I think Samuel Wells is too much. So maybe that's what it is. Some, yeah. I feel like he, he's the same guy in every movie. Yeah, well, so, he, he was, he's out in the second one, but, but, but he is I, in that one with uh, the Ryan Reynolds one. The Hitman's Bodyguard. Um, right, 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 right. Uh, you, care, you, care, you care about that one? That one's out. Yeah, that one looks okay. Well, it's like whatever, man. Yeah, Sam has got to find another, another, another <laughs> modulate, another modulate. He's got to modulate a little bit. Actually, yeah. he really tries to modulate in Kingsman. He plays like a villain. He has a, he's doing a voice. He has a lisp. He's got like a hat to the side. But it's the same guy. Yeah, it's the same guy, man. But I'm not mad at him. Hey, get your money, man. You're, you're the you're in the you're was he has the record for being in the most in the most movies ever or something like that. He has the most appearances in movies. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, he he's the top dog of that. Over like 500 films he's been in or something. What? Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, good for you, Samuel. Exactly. I don't know, man. I don't know what else is coming. All right. Well, I don't know. You know, this Kingsman is what I'm looking forward to. We'll have to see from there. Uh, that's all we got. Oh. Well, we'll talk about music next next week. All right, the VMAs a little bit. Anything else? All right, well that's it. That's all we got. We will see you all next week. Where can the people find you, man? The folks can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Akili Shine, A K I L I S H I N E. Where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Joe K Braswell, and we will see you next week. Ignore Tech. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagram, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.